before we get started, I want to take the opportunity to talk to you about our partner for this podcast, Famigo, formerly known as BravoPay. Famigo is a marketplace and payment platform for musicians and content creators like streamers, sports influencers, personal trainers, and, well, podcasters. You can create a fan page and set up shop offering physical and digital products as well as premium subscriptions. It's easy to share with others on your social media so that, for the rest of you, can support your favorite creators. Check it out at Famigo.com. I'll leave more info in the description. You're listening to The 80-20 Show, an inside look into the music industry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The 80-20 Show. I am your wonderful host, Mike Zimmerlich, and this is a recap of one of the Edumusication Roundtable episodes from last year. Now, if you recall, I was a moderator on a number of these live streams that were hosted by the nonprofit Edumusication, which is founded by one of our own artists, Gabe Kubanda. Now, this one is specifically on live streaming, and what I found was really interesting is that almost all the panelists were also guests on the 8020 show. So it was really amazing to hear all their origin stories that now have accumulated to discussing the topic specifically on live streaming. What was also interesting, too, was the fact that this was a snapshot of where we were at last year at the height of the pandemic and how live streaming played a role in the music community. But in general, I also found that it had a lot of great insight into live streaming overall and how it can be incorporated into things that you already are doing. So I feel that there is a lot to be gained, so I really do think you'll appreciate this recap on live streaming hosted by edumusication so welcome welcome all to the next version of edumusication series and today we're going to talk about live streaming so yeah we're going to start getting going here pretty quickly so i would like to have each guest introduce themselves so monique i'll actually start with you so can you introduce yourself real quick Sure. My name is Monique Mason. I am a course director here at Full Sail University. We are a media, entertainment, and technology school. If you want more information, you can check out our link down in the description. Um, I teach uh, the Fundamentals of Music Business course, course for our audio students. And then outside of here, I do everything from voiceover to work, some other radio stuff. So lots of projects going on right now. Excellent. And uh, how about you, Kat? Hi, I'm uh, Kat Cody. I am a live stream consultant for Veeps, which is a ticketed live streaming platform. And then I also work for the Kevin Lyman Group, which we uh, we produced the 320 Festival, which was a three-day online live stream. Um, it was originally supposed to be event in person, but given the current state of the world, that wasn't going to happen. So we went online. Um, and we also produced the Vans Warped Tour. How about you, Brad? Hey guys, I'm Brad. I am the producer and director of the band Halocene. I am a Twitch partner and Twitch ambassador. Uh, I've been live streaming for a few years now. We also run the live music stage at TwitchCon. And we're just kind of here to talk about uh, the future of live streaming is what it sounds like. So pretty excited. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How about you, Alex? I'm Alex uh, from Orange Amps. I'm the artist relations manager for Orange and I've uh, been doing a whole lot of live streaming since the lockdown began. So I feel like I can tell you guys something about live streaming now. <laughs> well, good. I hope so. 
Uh, how about you, Raheem? Hello, I'm Raheem, uh, known as Mega Ran. I'm a former educator, turned uh, hip hop artist, uh, video game, music, soundtrack producer, uh, Twitch partner, Twitch streamer. Um, and uh, yeah, I just like to make, mix all the cool things that I love from video games to music, the comics, the pop culture. And um, I think that this is gonna be a, a good chat. So I'm looking forward to hearing some cool things from everybody. Absolutely. And then last but certainly not least, uh, Gabe, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm Gabe Kubanda and uh, I'm an artist. I own the Epic Proportions Tour with Pete, Pete Sotos and uh, also the Edge Musication Organization, which is a music education uh, furtherance program that we do at schools all across the country. And uh, this fall we'll be doing live stream webinars to music classes uh, to kind of keep music alive during this crazy time. Excellent, excellent. So uh, a lot of these questions are going to be more specific to each of you based upon what you have accomplished. Uh, we're going to definitely talk a lot about live streaming now, but I also want to talk about what you have done before and how it's changed, uh, especially during the pandemic. So Brad, actually, I'm going to start with you because you've done such an incredible job with Hallocene in almost reinventing what the band was for into cover videos on YouTube, but then now also, you know, um, becoming Twitch, I believe, ambassador, correct, for Twitch? That is correct, yeah. We uh, we are the 69th ambassador. It was announced just a few months ago, so it was really exciting. We worked our way up from affiliate to partner, and then uh, the ambassadorship has been uh, quite the, um, I don't know, honor, I guess you could say. And so we kind of rep the music community. Um, we don't do a lot of gaming, um, even though Twitch is very obviously known for gaming, but the music community on, on Twitch is really growing quite quickly. And it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's really unlike any other community that I've ever been a part of. And I would put most of the blame on us moving and reinventing ourselves uh, to Twitch on the community and the experience. Um, it's, it, there's just a camaraderie there. And I think the future of, of music entertainment, even before COVID, to be honest with you, is really moving to live streaming. Absolutely, and I completely agree. And um, Alex, I've know you've uh, also launched, mentioned about doing more live streaming. So I know that you have something called Artist Relations Corner. That did you start that a couple months ago? Yeah, I started that right when uh, the pandemic hit, and it was mainly because we were all at home and we really had not been familiar with how live streaming worked. You know, in terms of uh, doing a lot of that stuff with Orange before. We'd always done a lot of like long form videos and interviews with artists and things like that that we just launched on our YouTube after they were fully edited. So it's kind of a new foray for us. I really dig it though. I mean, I'm really digging using StreamYard for YouTube and Facebook. Getting a little tired of the Instagram lives, <laughs> if I'm being honest, so yeah. But it's been, it's been good. And I think we've uh, adapted well to the situation. Um, there's a big learning curve, but once you get past that, and start to feel comfortable with what you're doing it can be a really Absolutely. good tool. Absolutely. Uh, also, Monique, uh, have you noticed uh, with Full Sail, have you noticed any kind of major change within Full Sail since the pandemic has occurred in regards to live streaming? Like, have you, as a company, have been utilizing it more? And in which ways have you been use, utilizing live streaming? Um, well, I think each instructor is doing what they can to adapt to the change. Um, for us right now, obviously, the campus is not fully open. 
So we're utilizing other platforms to get our content out to the students. Um, but as far as live streaming, not too much live streaming for us as a class. We have our own platform that we have to use. But because I do teach music business, I do have a lot of students who want to get their content out. And so obviously there are some copyright issues that need to be addressed. Um, and so that's what I cover in my course. But as far as the school overall, we're using platforms like Zoom um, to communicate our content with our students. Excellent. And Rahim, uh, congratulations to you because you just announced that you made a uh, Twitch partner recently. So congratulations to you as well. That's amazing. Thank you. And so you've doubled down on live streaming for almost since March, basically. I know you've been doing a lot more, you know, even before then, but you really doubled down in how much you live stream. Have you, what have you noticed um, with your fan base um, that you've been live streaming more? Do you find that you're being more connected now than ever? Or like, are you finding that it's a new way to express yourself as an artist? What, what have you discovered in the last couple of months? Um, well, yeah, prior to that, I'd been uh, a Twitch affiliate probably for three, four years. And then I just began, you know, doing a lot more with it since I was home. And uh, I've noticed that almost every stream, it doesn't matter the big ones, the small ones, someone comes in and says, oh, wow, Mega Ran, like I've always loved your music, but I didn't know you streamed, you know? So that part lets me know that there's a huge group of people who don't use every piece of, you know, social media, every platform that you use. So there'll be people who just are on Facebook and won't ever try anything else unless you tell them to. So. Um, it's been interesting for me, like people have been rediscovering me, I've been finding like new fans, I've been uh, really just, and, and having fun ultimately, you know, like uh, I was gigging probably two, three days a week for the last five years. So wow. going from that to nothing, it, it was a huge change for me. And I think that I, I had to start setting up some way to also get that creative energy out but uh but also hopefully do it in the way that would be just like best received by uh my audience as well as new new people so um from there it's been uh live stream concerts have been the way excellent now kat there's a bunch of things that i would love for you to talk about but um i would like you to talk a little bit about veeps this is a good time for you to plug that in because i think that's important for people to understand that not only part of uh the kl group but also with veeps as well yeah, I mean, so Veep's kind of, we did a 180 basically when the pandemic hit. Originally it was more of a VIP ticketing company for artists on tour. And then once that ended, we had an amazing team of developers and a really smart leader. And they flipped into a live streaming ticket platform to basically give the power back to the artist. It's 100% commission free. So artists can sign up and then there's just a small service fee uh, for any of the fans that buy a ticket, but it's a really cool way that artists are now able to connect with their fans. And we've been doing live streams with artists where it's been anywhere from inside of a venue to um, a warehouse to really awesome to pr production um, to just as simple as being on your laptop using all the built-in equipment. And it's been so awesome to see all these artists be able to connect with their fans in a new way and then also make money for what they're providing, which is a musical performance, which is amazing. And then we've also been able to raise a lot of money for charity through different donations and different artists trying to raise money for whether it be their crew out of work or um, some causes that have really been hitting close home to our artists. So 
it's been really cool and empowering to see all these artists kind of like take their future into their own hands and really do cool things during the pandemic. That's pretty awesome. Also, uh, Gabe, I want to talk about your experience with live streaming because you've done this now a couple times, both um, at home, but also you've uh, done a stream through uh, ASU Care Cultural Center, which was fantastic, as well as just when the pandemic hit, uh, we did a live stream over at Last Exit Live. So can you talk, us, talk to us more about your experience with both of those, actually? Yeah, totally. Um, since all the tours got canceled and everything, of course, um, you know, having to shift and being able to kind of see the opportunity in the, in the craziness and in the madness, I think is, is not easy, but it, if you can, then that's, that's really, really good. And if you push for that, um, and it's great to see so many artists being able to do that, you know, in this day and age, for me, it was really cool. Um, uh, I was able to do a live stream within a venue. It was very, very safe. It was in the, like the first, within the first month of COVID really hitting and everything was in lockdown. So everything was super safe. Uh, you know, you show up, uh, you walk right onto the stage, the sound engineers are 30 feet away and uh, they can't come into the stage or anything. And they, they had a really cool multi-camera live stream set up ready to go that they were experimenting with before. So it was perfect to start using for this new application. And it was really cool. It made it a very intimate performance. Like you were there, you know, with that artist kind of one-on-one. -on -one. I, I really enjoyed it. Although it's kind of like playing on the news or something where you don't know if anybody's out there listening or caring. You're just staring mm -hmm. at a camera performing and still needing to bring that energy and emote. And um, that's something that I, that I started learning how to do, you know, after doing it quite a bit of times. And um, I've been able to experiment with um, doing Instagram live, live streams, Facebook, YouTube live streams. We've just started using Restream to, uh, that I did with uh, Arizona State University la uh, earlier this week, where, or last week, I guess, and um, where it was broadcasting on multiple platforms at once, which is really, really cool. And that's something we're looking into uh, doing much more of now with various third-party apps and stuff to be able to stream to multiple platforms because i realized that a lot of people stumble upon your live stream it, they're not planning it out as much unless they're buying a ticket and they're like oh i've invested some money in the business i'm really gonna go for it so and i also realized that um fans don't necessarily migrate over to different platforms as much instagram fans aren't going to migrate over to facebook as easily you know especially the younger fans so yeah. that's something we're 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 seeing with the data, figuring out how to navigate that and come up with different uh, ways, more unique ways of, you know, uh, making it happen. Yeah, hopefully people have been stumbling across uh, this live stream right now. So we kind of have live streamception going on. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a lot of dad jokes. I'm sorry that that's what the, the entire panel is going to have to deal with it in the audience. I'm sorry. You're going to have to deal with some dad <laughs> jokes. I'm here for it. Let's go. Yeah, um, dad jokes. All day. I'm a new dad. I'm all about it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Congratulations, Brad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, and a new kid all at once. Bam! <laughs> yeah. When it rains, it pours, right? Especially in Arizona. <laughs> so, uh, Monique, I want to ask you for your students now, are you, beside, 
uh, in addition to explaining to them the rules of copyright, especially with live streaming, what else have you been like the general level of showing your students about how to utilize live streaming in the music industry? Well, one of the things that I cover in class, we talk about when we when we start getting into branding, I really try to get them to understand how important it is to know your target audience. And right now, because you have to utilize streaming, now is the time to really have a great understanding of the psychographics of your target audience because they are not, you know, they're not as easily accessible anymore. So now you have to figure out what else are they into so you can create strategic partnerships and either get a sponsor to kind of help you, you know, make these things happen. But now you really have to connect with your audience. You have to have a better understanding of what else they're into. So you can make your stream more engaging for them. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be huge. So the visual content is going to be a big thing now for, you know, a lot of these kids who weren't even thinking about doing visual content. And, you know, like Mega was saying, getting them over to other platforms, because at first your audience may not have been into these other platforms, but now you have to utilize them. So how are you getting their attention and getting them to follow you to different platforms? Um, especially if you have an older audience, my goodness, if you have an older audience, they're like, I don't want any more apps on my phone. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go to another, pla I don't want to learn how to use another piece of technology. So, you know, I'm really trying to get them to understand uh, knowing your target audience is going to be key to these transitions and creating other revenue streams, which I've always preached. They will tell you that. And I think that's something that uh, like Halicene and Megaran have taken full advantage of. They know their fans are on Twitch. They know they're playing games, especially during the pandemic. If there's, if you can't go out, can't go to school, you can't go to work, you know, you're going to be passing the time, you know, doing things that you love and, to double down on that audience and to really embrace that, you know, we're seeing amazing results. I mean, Hallocene, I mean, if I can just tout you guys for a little bit, you guys just passed over 9 million streams on one cover song on Spotify. That's insane. Yeah. That's more That's than cool. some major label artists, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, if I could touch on that real quick though, it's like, so, you mentioned it is difficult to bring fans from platform to platform a lot of the time. And uh, for us, when we went to Twitch, we started pretty much from zero. We uh, So on our YouTube channel, we have about 400,000 subscribers. And you'd think that would just jump over to other platforms like that. And it really didn't. So you make a really valid point that like people are pretty loyal to whatever platform they like, unless you just have hardcore diehard fans. But a lot of the time, even your fans just prefer a certain platform and they can consume, consume, you know, your content a certain way. So for us, when we joined Twitch, when we were nothing, uh, we just, we had to rebuild our audience on Twitch. Um, what we learned is that when you give a different platform, kind of a different shot, you kind of, um, like when you said, you kind of like learn what your audience is. And so we know our audience on Twitch is actually a little bit different than our audiences over on YouTube, uh, as well as, um, you know, Facebook are tend to be our older fans since Facebook is a little bit more <laughs> not as hip anymore with the kids. Uh, but you'll, you'll, it just really depends. Uh, like, like she said, you, you got to know your, your fan base, but don't underestimate the power of hard work and persistence and trying a new platform. Um, because well, you know, we stream three times a week, four hour streams. And, and, and when we first started, 
we're doing eight hour streams sometimes and we've gone anywhere from streaming to literally hardly anybody to 18,000 people, you know, live. And so it's, you really just got to put it in the, the elbow grease. If you take the whole like live streaming title out of it all, what happens when you start as a band in your touring? You got a tour, you're going to play some empty clubs, but you do it over and over again and you come back and come back and a few more people show up each time. And it's no different than, than that. So if, if you want, are a musician and you want to get into live streaming, and, and I try not to even bring the pandemic into it whatsoever because we started this before this all happened. We just forecasted that the music climate and the way that people were consuming music was different. Because Gabe, you know, we've been on tours together uh, many, many times near, uh, all over the country. And you just start to see something a little bit different when you're kind of a novice or an intermediate artist. Uh, obviously things might be a little bit different if you're this huge stadium band or you're bringing in thousands and thousands of people live to your events. But the way with technology, if you're just starting or you're an intermediate band, you can reach so many more people, so more, so, so much more effortlessly with technology nowadays. And so we have just been a band that really tried to embrace that. Doesn't mean we still don't tour or play festivals, but uh, it's almost like we're rewarding our fans that we get online with live shows when we're able to do that and tour rather than the other way around of like doing it the old fashioned way and touring, which is so much more uh, gratuitous and, and much more hard work and hard, hard to retain fans because everybody's attention span is so short. So, uh, I, you know, we're definitely in the corner of like using all of this live streaming stuff to your advantage to get new fans. And then, you know, maybe in the post pandemic world, treat, treat those fans with live shows, go to them because now you have analytics, you know, where all of your fans are based off of, uh, you know, I on Twitch, they tell you all the analytics that you need. I'm sure YouTube and Facebook and everything does that as well. So sorry to go on the ranch, but I'm, we're super passionate about the, the technology explosion mm -hmm. that is really allowing fans to not be on a major label anymore and make a living. You know, this is what we do full time now. And mm -hmm. 10 years ago, that just wasn't possible. So, and Mega, hey, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the horizon <laughs> for you too. If you're, I mean, it's great. Thank you. That's what a lot of people have, hit, have said to me about it. It's like, oh, congratulations. Hopefully this can translate, you know, to you doing, you know, doing a little more stuff at home. And uh, I've been able to enjoy this time at home because my wife said, like, since we've been together, this is the longest amount of time that we've spent <laughs> together. And I'm like, wow, that's true. So, uh, so yeah, there's that. Also, just being able to be more creative and knowing that there is another way. Like, but I really love performing live. I love traveling. I love meeting fans. I love you know, handshakes and hugs when that used to be a thing. And, yeah. um, you know, and really getting that, building that like one-on-one -on -one person to person connection that can last a lifetime. And, and I feel like maybe you can get that through, through live streaming, but I feel like that's still an element that I, I want to hold on to. So if I could ask a question, I, I know it may not be on your, on your list here. No, no, ask away. This is, this is open for everyone Do to you converse. Go ahead. I would love to hear everybody kind of go around like, what do you think this means for the future of touring? Like, let's just say, you know, nine to 15 months from now, things are normal again. Um, how much, how, do, how much do you see changing in the, in the touring landscape from the perspective of artists as well as fans of artists, you know, like right before this went down, I was supposed to see, uh, freaking red hot chili peppers and, and uh, run the jewels, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it was like just about to happen. So like now at me as a concert goer and as a musician, I have to think about both sides of this. So how much do you guys think that things are going to change a year, a year and a half from now? I think 
it can still happen. Honestly, like if it's done right, I think it can still happen. But in my opinion, this is just my two cents on, on the subject is what's going to change. And I actually think it works out better. It may require the artist to do more touring. But I think if you did more intimate shows with a smaller audience, you create added value now and, and you partner up with a local radio station or something. So you give away a couple seats and then you um, sell tickets for some of those seats. They may be a little bit more expensive, but that's where the added value comes in. So now there's an opportunity to meet the artists. Um, I don't know, maybe get a swag bag out of it, which is another way to bring in sponsors and still, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I see. I think you just have to be willing to engage a little bit more with a smaller audience, hit smaller venues. This is actually an opportunity to bring some, some of those smaller local businesses back into the swing of things. Not these large venues that are run by large companies, uh, these huge corporations that have been um, kind of monopolizing the concert and touring um, space. But now you can connect with more local venues that have done smaller bands and make it more intimate. You're just going to have to add some added value. You know, it's like you said, you got to put the work in. Like Brad said, you got to put mm -hmm. the work in to, to make it happen. That's, that's part of the transition plan, though. Because, uh, you know, some bands, they simply have to perform, like, the scale. Oh, you know, they, they have, they, they, they can't go out and do what they do in that environment yeah. and, and pay and, and everybody that needs to make that happen. You know, I mean, it's just like, they have, they have a product that that many people want to see. They have to do that. And that stuff, that, that stuff's not coming back anytime soon. But I do know what I was going to say is that I totally agree with, with you about that, though, because, like, it's unfortunate for local bands and bands that would normally play like a regional circuit because when those types of venues, those like 250 or less venues open up, any bands that are left, <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean, are going to flood yeah. those. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do that, like you said, they're going to charge huge amounts probably because they, they probably will be able to, mm -hmm. you know, and, but, they'll, but again, they'll, they'll have really good opportunities for added value in that situation, special vinyl releases and physical merch that they can sell that you can only get there. You know, it'll be really interesting. Well, and I also think that you're going to see now like a combo of everything, right? So I think that you'll have artists who are going to go out on the road and they're going to perform to these venues, but a lot more venues are integrating live streaming into their actual venue build. So how easy is it to now sell two tickets? You have your in-person ticket and then you have your live stream ticket. So a fan at home, they can pay maybe like five, 10 bucks, which, you know, five, 10 bucks times 2000 people. That's not a bad payday for what you have to pay someone to push the button essentially, right because everything's already wired into the venue now you're bringing local work and that's great and then i also think that you're going to start seeing like when things do come back because things will come back we will have concerts shout out to new zealand they're doing a great job you know like it's going to come back and it's going to happen but now we're going to see a better form of smaller artists if they're smart and they play their cards right, you can break yourself online. We're seeing a rise in TikTok stars, we're seeing a rise in Twitch stars build their music career. And how much better is it gonna be to show up to a city that you have never been to, but you already have your fan base there because now you have all these followers that have been watching your live streams, they've seen what you can bring to a show, and they're like, oh my gosh, my favorite band that I always watch online is finally coming to town, of course I'm gonna buy a ticket. And that helps out a lot of smaller bands too, because 
touring is expensive, especially if like you want to have a crew, you have to pay for gas. Great. Maybe you're going to do it in a van. That's really not very comfortable. Um, I've been inside of a van with both Brad and Gabe. It was, it was lovely. <laughs> we, we had some great times, but like, you know, we didn't smell very great. We didn't <laughs> It was, you know, I'd do it again. Maybe we'll road trip or do a camping trip, but maybe not a full tour, you know? So, like, there's a certain thing where you're like, man, I really don't want to sleep in a van. And now you have the opportunity to sit at your home, come up with a sick set, create that fan base, and build up yourself so that you can start making money on maybe some exclusive merch items, album sales, streaming sales. You're sponsoring your live streams and then go out on tour when you actually have your own budget and you don't have to again going back to the idea of more independent artists with independent venues like you're creating that whole underground scene that unfortunately is kind of in, in trouble right now but if i think if we look at it from maybe a different perspective and try to break artists in a different way and give more ownership to the artists i think that we're we're in kind of a cool time where we're, we're shifting i agree with that wholeheartedly kat in, in fact i think it's a great opportunistic time for local artists and for local bands to maybe start making those partnerships with local venues, radio stations, um, promoters, agents, because they're answering the emails now. They're, they're not going crazy with all their big artists because all the big artists have the money to go on vacation and they're, they're doing fine. Mm -hmm. So there's so many ways you can engage the community to get involved too, with like all these causes going on. Like, as artists, it should be our duty to stand for something and believe in something and, and make an impact on the world through something that can't really be silenced, which is music. So pick a cause that you're passionate about, figure out how you can help them. Maybe you can start doing live stream partnerships with a nonprofit that you're passionate about and you can help them out and create goodwill with your fans and also just do something good because it's a good reason to do it. I suggest yeah, like that everyone oh, starts live audio production studios with green screens. That's <laughs> yeah. what I suggest, because you're going to be every band's best friend. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to wait around for local, local yeah. production companies. There's yeah. We've got one that's run by one of our grads, and he's been doing a great job working with local bands. And yeah. they have a beautiful setup, and they've been doing um, live shows. So shout out to our... One of our graduates, Jesse Durlin at OPAV, who's been really connecting with a local radio station and the local mm -hmm. bands to stream their content live. Like that's what, like you said, hook up with somebody who's either got the gear or yeah. get with a local production company because yeah. they love it too. Not, <laughs> so many people want to collaborate yeah. to do something because I think a lot of people who are normally like running around like an idiot, I me, I normally run around like an idiot and I don't take the time to sit down and think about certain things. But like, mm -hmm. I think more people have that more time and people want to collaborate to do something where it's like, they don't feel so helpless and want to do something good in the world. So like, as even as an independent artist, figuring out how you can work with these independent venues who are struggling, go to save our stages, got something right? It's a whole yeah. needle association and they have a ton of information about all the different local independent venues in your community that you could reach out to, to figure out like, how can I collaborate with you? How can we raise money so that I as a musician can continue to do what I love and you as a venue can pay your bills and how can we help support each other? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I, go ahead, Gabe. You can go. By the way, uh, we should say that, um, you know, for anybody who's watching, feel free to ask questions in the comments on whatever channel you're watching this on. 
and we'll do our best to answer. I know we've got people tuning in from Wisconsin, Hawaii, California, Arizona, a few others. Hey, Dane. Hey, Jasmine. Danny, Fran, Sam, Josiah, yeah, um, and yeah, please ask questions. We'll try to answer them. Let's get some dialogue going as well. Um, one of the things I've been, uh, along with Kat's point about collaboration, I found this cool little app called We Should Write Sometime, and it's for artists that want to co-write together. And I've been having some really fun co-writing sessions via Zoom via Facebook Messenger. Um, I just wrote a country song the other day and I've never written a country song. I mean, <laughs> but it was so much fun and, um, and it turned out really, really awesome. And I've just been doing a lot of those type of things just to kind of break out of the mold, keep things fresh, keep things kind of going, turning up here, which there's not a lot going on there anyways, but keep it going, you know, and the, it's stuff that I wouldn't have thought of or been, had the time to do being on the road so much. And so uh, it's almost been this, you know, you know, opportune thing uh, to try some new things. Yeah. Oh man, whatever, whatever you're talking about is timed perfectly. Like whatever app you're, you're talking about or software piece, mm -hmm. because right now musical instrument sales are through the roof. Yeah. Like we're back ordered on things until November. Wow. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it started as soon as lockdown started. So like, there's a lot of music being made, you know what I mean? And uh, well, however you're, you're helping you're facilitate that you. between people right now, do that. Like, it's so like exciting. whatever trend you have <laughs> onto now. Alex, you probably didn't even have to do any like discounts or anything. Cause everyone's just, you probably just charge extra. <laughs> yeah. Cash up front, baby. There you go. I mean, it's a great time to learn how to play a new instrument, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially yeah. at the beginning of all of this, what else are you doing? You know, some people were learning a new language. Some people were like, well, this is a good time for me to figure out how to play the guitar. And what are you going to do? You're going to go to content that's online, <laughs> right? It's also a great time to yeah. learn how to use a camera and edit your own videos and mm -hmm. not wait around for a sponsor or a record label to swoop in and solve all your problems. Just like back in the day, a lot of bands thought, oh, our ticket to success and making a living, we just, we got to get signed. But no, the you know, there are so many bands out there that, or, or you know, you don't have to necessarily be a band, but just from my own experience, um, you get out and you just do it yourself. Don't wait around for somebody else. So if you have this extra time, learn how to use a camera. It's not going to be great the first time you stream or make a music video, but guess what? The hundredth time, it's going to be a probably a hundred times better than the first time. Start mm -hmm. now, you know, teach yourself. Uh, if you're able to work right now and, and save a little bit, maybe in some way, obviously, uh, uh, buy these tools, buy a cheap camera, or use your cell phone even if, if, if you have to. There's so many resources that are free out there that can help you get started, um, whether it's on Twitch, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook, any of these platforms. Um, you just have to get out there and do it. And yeah. the only thing that's stopping you really is probably you. If you got a cell phone and internet connection, it's really all you need. I can hug you guys right now. I tell my students this every <laughs> month. I cannot wait to share this uh, archived session with them. So see, I told you. Well, it's so true. I mean, I always tell people whenever I talk to them about live streaming, because I think one of the like scary barrier to entries for a lot of artists is they're like, oh my gosh, it's going to cost so much money. Like, I'm not ready to do this. But I always tell them it's like, it's like going out to dinner. 
right? So when you go out to dinner, you ask them, well, like, where do you want to go? And it's like, well, you can have a great meal that fills you up and you feel okay, but you maybe do it in like a park and hang out with your friends and it's really great content. But you know, maybe, maybe you just went to the gas station and got some fried chicken, I don't know. And then <laughs> you can also go out to like a five-star restaurant, spend a crap ton of money on like a steak or some like super fancy freeze-dried food that like breaks open and some, I don't know, something comes out oh, of it. Really? And yeah, you can, you can do either one and it's both, they're both gonna be cool experiences, but what really matters is the content and the facility that you're driving around your stream. So like, if you have crappy content, your meal's gonna suck anyways, so it doesn't matter how much yeah. you spend. If you're able to learn an instrument, you can learn how to live stream. It's not hard. <laughs> Coming from somebody that like, we've never had a team or anything. We've produced over 300 videos on our YouTube channel alone. And I'll tell you that when it was started, it was terrible. You know, for the most, for the most part, no matter where you are in life with whatever hobby or skill or passion you have, everybody's gonna suck at the beginning. You just gotta get the suck out. And if you're just now starting live streaming or, or thinking about doing it, just just start, don't wait around. Just do it. You, you know, <laughs> Mega Ran right here is proof too. You know, he yep. went from live touring just as well. I, yeah, yeah. And, and now he's partnered on Twitch. And you can make a living doing this stuff, you guys. You know, you don't have to, uh, and we're not even really talking about subscription models either. There's things like Patreon, uh, like Twitch, you can have subscribers too. So it's like these paid fan clubs where your fans come, they consume your content and not just your performance. They say, you know, you could do it in, in several ways. You could, they could donate per video you put, post up or per stream, or sometimes it can just be a monthly thing. And so your job is now just to be an entertainer, whether you're a musician um, or, or an artist in some other, you know, uh, genre, I guess, but there's a lot of ways that you can monetize being a musician these days. And you, I don't think we need to wait around for venues to reopen to do that. I think it's inevitable th that they will. Unfortunately, we don't have a crystal ball and we don't know, you know, if this pandemic is going to go away in a year or two years. We don't know if they'll be able to open up. Unfortunately, it does sound like they're one of the last things to be opening up. And I don't want to sound dystopic or anything like that, but use this opportunity so when it does reopen, you are more prepared and you have more stuff to give your fans in the community than ever before. And like Cass said a little bit earlier, if you haven't been to a city, it's great because now you can avoid a lot of the risk that you would have in the old days. You can see where your fans are and just go to them, you know, so. Not to mention for, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, not to mention, in addition to that too, if you're doing live streaming and you have an audience that you're gardening, gardening on there and having those demographics, that's something that you can also show to the venues as well, saying, hey, we're coming through your city. We've done you know, consistent live streaming for the past you know, six to 12 months, and this is consistently how many people we're getting in, in your city, in your hometown, that we are expecting that will come out to the show. So you're giving them more statistics and giving them more data because let's face it, you're right. The venues right now are suffering. So next year, as soon as they're able to open up shows again, there's going to be such a high demand from both the audience side of seeing shows, but also a high demand on the touring side because all the major touring artists right now are looking at 2021. So 2021 is going to be a packed year and the venue is going to have to make up for everything that they lost this year. So yeah. they're going to have to be even more adamant about who they're going to have perform on that stage because they can't afford anymore, you know, just breaking even on shows or taking the risk of losing money on a show. They're yeah. really going to have to be very, very careful about who they're going to select and what kind of lineups they're going to be for their shows. Yeah. So Mike, you be... do a lot of show. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. Uh, go ahead. I um, 
I'll, I'll get back to it. Go ahead. I was going to ask Mike, since you have a lot of experience, you know, with booking your bands and stuff like that, do you see, I mean, I, personally, I wouldn't be surprised if venues go to more like the door splits and things are kind of a thing of the past until it's, it's more concrete, you know, uh, it just might be a thing where when you're teaming up promoters, you might have to like pay up front for your fans or the venue. Um, do you see mm. like, do you, do you foresee that happening, Michael? Like, uh, you know, you got a guarantee, like, you know, if you go play whiskey in Hollywood, you got to guarantee 500 bucks, no matter what, it's like the pay to play model for those, those venues. Do you think that that's going to be something on the horizon that we got to worry about? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think the venues are going to go relate to back to whatever their model was, but maybe tweak it a little bit. Cause even today you have some venues that still do pay to play, not as much as it used to be in the past, but there are many venues that still have that kind of a system where you are required to sell a certain number of tickets. Otherwise you yeah. are responsible for that money to that venue that, that makes sure that the venue doesn't lose money on, on a show. So there's that. Uh, there's also the hybrid where, uh, they will say, okay, well, whatever ticket sales come in up to a certain amount, that's for us. And then after that is a, a door split at that point in time. So that's, I found personally more common because then again, it's, you're not required to pay for it. So there's still a risk on the venues part, but you're not taking the full risk yourself. But at the same token, they're at least a little bit less of a risk on their end because they know that, okay, hundred percent of the ticket sales is going to come to us until we cover our costs. And then after that point, it's a split. So I have a feeling that we'll see something along those lines. I think what's going to get really interesting is uh, the ticket live streaming, which I really think is going to become more popular later on, which I know Kat's going to have a lot to talk about there. <laughs> and uh, that's where, where I'm currently looking into right now. And I can see working out deals with venues where we actually do a split with that revenue as well. So I can see, personally, I can see venues where they're going to change up their model, where they may do... Uh, a higher percentage um, to them for the splits so that they can compensate and, and take a le little bit less risk, at least for the time being, as well as also t if they uh, have the equipment to do and the capability to do live streaming at their venue, that they're going to take a percentage cut of that as well for any kind of ticketed live streams. So is it, that is I anybody here that. owned by uh, Live Nation? Nobody is owned by Live Nation here? Okay. Nope. <laughs> did, you guys see, did you guys see their new rules? Yes. Those Wait, are what's, nuts. What's, what's, I have the, it. Yeah, what's share. the new rules? Yeah, share. It's, so you got to give them like a, a baby or something or some blood. <laughs> that's, that's about right. Say yeah. it. That's about right. <laughs> Honestly, I have to look them up. They're just really strict, and they're certainly yeah. not in the artist's favor. No. Oh, no. no. I know that they, when they first released they got a lot of scrutiny, so they dialed some back, but... Mm. Okay, wow. cool. Yeah, yeah, reduce payments. I'm surprised it took the music industry this long, though, to get onto the idea of live streaming and the live show. Like, I watch UFC fights. Those pay-per-view fights are no joke. They make a lot yeah. of money. So I'm, I'm just really surprised at how long it's taken. We had to wait for a pandemic for this to be a, a hmm. Well, I think it's like, I think it's that, remember back when Spotify was gonna ruin the music industry? Remember that? Like, I feel like that's what live streaming were to people who were like live events. They're like, no, the second live streaming comes on, like it's gonna ruin the industry. Like nobody- Dude, jam bands have been doing anymore. it the whole time. Yep. Yeah, but like the thing is, is like yeah. people are still gonna go to shows. Like, trust me, it's not the same. 
right. at all. Like artists, yes, you can do live streaming, but it's, it's not the same. Like you were saying, like connecting with your fans, having that physical, like eye to eye contact, you can, you feel something in a room. Like I always say they're magic moments because it's like mm-hmm. nothing on the earth. Like I've been up for 27 hours and I haven't like slept in years and I'm just like but this was like a magic moment and it's worth every every hour of pain you know like all all you have to do I hate to sound like a broken record but (laughs) create added value for the live show Mm -hmm. people will still pay tickets and show up they'll they'll show up and then Mm -hmm. you still have the stream for the people who are like all right I may not have a whole lot of money but at least I still get to see it the people who are there are there for the experience and you need to create that experience for them. But now you're going to have to create something else to really get them out, get their butts out of the house, mm-hmm. get into the car, pay for parking, pay for refreshments at the mm-hmm. venue. And, and those are going to be people who are able to, for, you know, you were talking about nine months. These are the people who are able to maintain their employment and have yeah. some money to do it. Because there's a whole nother group Mm -hmm. of whatever genre you want to pick that lost their job or lost hours. So they're not going to be able to go. So Mm -hmm. they still want to see it. Don't leave them out. Don't abandon your fans just because they can't afford it. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the same thing with like Coachella. They've sold out every year for how many years? And there's still a Coachella live stream every year and people still show up. Can we, can we talk about copyrights, guys? Can we talk about some of the copyright sure. issues? Yeah, um, go for it. I know, I know you guys oh, are yeah. mainly people who are creating original content for the most part. Mm. <laughs> um, but some of the biggest issues, like I, I, I used to be a promoter here in Orlando. Um, I uh, work with a couple tribute bands. Um, it's been an issue because they don't own the rights. And then there's the DJs who lost all their gigs at the clubs. I don't yeah. know about where you guys are, but here the clubs are closed. If they're not, if they're not a restaurant that serves food and alcohol, there's not the bar. The bars are done. The nightclubs are done. Mm. The DJs are trying to make their revenue, so they're going to Twitch and they're going to these other platforms, but they get shut down because of the mm. copyright issues. What do you guys? What are your thoughts about how copyright law needs to? Because we already have the, the passing of the Music Modernization Act, which I think may need some review and add this live stream. I have a couple ideas on what I think could yeah. work, but what do you guys think? I've, I've been through it a ton. Uh, I DJ in my spare time, and I'm just like, I wouldn't say I'm a DJ, but I DJ. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, like Instagram Live will shut down a, a, a stream in a heartbeat. And, um, you know, 30 seconds of some recognizable music, even my own music. So there's the other side of it (laughs) that I don't know if any of you have gone through. You can play your own tracks on a live stream and get shut down. So uh, I I think that there has to be some serious like restructuring on the on the process of the digital rights on these things. And it seems like, honestly, the more I think about it, I get a headache because I just think about it and I'm like, it's it's going to take a long process. I believe to go through, you got to go through every single piece of music that's coming out through every distributor and figure out what's a fair percentage. Um, but isn't this, I mean, you guys can all answer, but isn't this something that happens with, with ASCAP and BMI with venues as well, where venues can't play music, even on the, the house music or having a cover band without paying, you know, a performance rights organization. So, uh, so does that mean Facebook, Instagram, I mean, Twitter, 
everyone has to start paying PROs. Uh, I don't know. Like, it seems like a lot. That's only covering one part of the copyright. If they're, if you're a DJ, you still have to worry about the label because you're playing the recording. Mm -hmm. So you still have two entities that want their money. And, and so, then even yeah. an artist like live streaming your own music, like there are <laughs> label costs involved. And then I know like, so I produce a lot of live streams. So we'll find artists who, um, whether we're doing it for a nonprofit or if it's they're playing to help promote, whatever, um, we have to go through all the rights to get rights between if it's either just like, okay, the live stream's available for 24 to 48 hours, that's a different license, than if it's published and some labels, even if an artist is willing, they're like, yeah, I wanna be a part of this nonprofit's live stream, help promote it, like some labels won't allow the artist to have their own performance published because mm -hmm. they don't have the rights to, which is like a whole nother can of worms. Wow. You will not have that problem with me, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> that problem with me. Wow. There's a lot of uh, licensing companies out there that are that are recognizing that problem and trying to do something about it. But I think the problem is I've been researching a bunch of them. The problem is is that they're just too small yet to really be able yeah. to have that impact, you know, overall. But yeah, I've run into that same thing where I can't play my own music or, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. can't play cover songs from. Maybe they bought a license from ASCAP and BMI, but they didn't get a blanket license for CSAC, so they can't be CSAC artists. Mm. Um, there's a lot of really interesting things that come into play. I think part of it is that the music business, especially on the labels and the publisher sides, they become so bloated with personnel and, and costs and HR and everything else that uh, there's too many, too many cooks in the kitchen <laughs> and it's just too many hands in the pot and and wires are getting crossed and you, your own music gets canceled you know and uh it's an interesting time what i find really interesting and i'm hoping that uh that they use this as an example is lately um brad i know you can vouch for this is that getting cover songs onto streaming services like spotify and so forth i don't think has ever been easier they make it the third-party oh, distributors it's very, very easy. You just literally mention who the songwriter is and they literally take care of everything else. They, they clear the license for you as well as they take out of the royalties that you receive from the streaming services. They will take out of that for the mechanical rights. So it's really easy to get cover songs up onto you know, sites like Spotify. But uh, I'm hoping that, they, that this can be a good example so that can you imagine if you're starting a live stream when the options is list every single song that you're going to be including in your live stream because most of the time even as you know as a dj you usually know what your set list is going to be ahead of time and as yeah. well as a performer you generally will know what your set is that you're going to be performing so you can include in there these are all the songs that i'm going to be using and then this way too there's no confusion that you know the sites are not going to take you down the street it's not going to take down your stream it's like it'll literally approve ahead of time saying yep you're cool you're you're cleared for all these songs and then go yeah. ahead you can go ahead and publish the stream Michael, Michael is on the same train of thought I'm on because I had that's along the lines of what I was thinking. And sometimes DJs don't know what they're going to play. They're just like digging. Like some people still play vinyl. They want to dig through and figure out what they want to play. Even if there's an option to submit your list within 24 hours of your live before mm -hmm. they decide to take it down or before they even put it up. You know what I mean? Like I know you want to. I know you're trying to do it live. Um, but at least submit the songs. Like I, I came from a broadcasting background. We had to tell, we had to show them our logs. You know, we had to show ASCAP and BMI everything that we played. 
So I don't mm. see why we can't create an option like that for live streaming to yeah. at least give these people. And But here's what I think is going to happen, because I did notice a lot of people were also putting up um, cash apps or Venmo to like, you know, because the DJs aren't being paid by the clubs. Now they're doing live streams online. They still want to get paid. Mm. I think if they do that, the labels are going to start coming after them for that money too. I think all music has to be free after first use. Yeah. I don't think there's any way. I think long term, we either have that or we have chips implanted in our skin and our social credit gets <laughs> oh, dinged with, with every improper use. Because there's almost no way to police it long term yeah. and have like a free society. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I'm serious too. It's after hey, first um, use. I could pay money to have the first ever... <laughs> the next U2 album, like I get to show that to the world and like mm -hmm. I pay U2 special money so that I can show that to the world. But after that, like what happens? The music inevitably long-term, I don't think there's any way to do it without it, wow. without it being right. free. Like after that, yeah, after that first listen that belongs to the world anyway, you know, so why not? That's interesting. We've got a question that just came in that, that goes back to the copyright and, and issues and stuff like that. But this is an interesting one that Kat, I think you may have had some experience with recently. Um, Dave Woods says, hey, I'm really enjoying your discussion. Um, are there any major security concerns people should be aware of when hosting live stream, i.e. hackers, phishing scams, et cetera? How do you protect your stream and viewers from such, such issues? Um, yeah. I think you go to major platform like you shouldn't have to worry about that too much you know well i think that's a lot of different cases though because i know that for one of our streams what happened was like we were streaming for free on like facebook and youtube and like our own like whitelisted player and then we had other people just going around and commenting and like hey watch the stream here and then it would go to a completely separate website with just our title screen and ask people for donations whoa you know? so, or, like, yeah or it would say like um like pay for a subscription service. Like when when your thing started, I was like texting you and Mike, like, oh, what's going on? It's yeah. almost like um, it's almost like scalpers in a way. Yeah, and we've seen it's that like digital we've seen scalping happen for other artists. Like I've seen that happen for different live streams where it's like we'll have the live stream behind the ticketed paywall, but we'll um, we'll have like a little. Um, Part of it be on like Facebook Live or something like the first little intro, maybe a song to be like, "Hey guys, like the live stream's happening for the rest of the live stream, go here." And then we'll have people post links where it's like, "Oh, like here's the actual link. Don't use the one in the comments." And then fans will go there and try to purchase that live stream when it's like, "No, wrong oh. link, guys." You know, so it's like those are those are some difficulties, and I think that with the way that the internet is between all the information flying around and how much people, I guess, enjoy taking advantage of other people. Um, I, I think it's kind of inevitable that someone's going to try to figure out a way to use and abuse that. So I think the best thing that you can possibly do is just to be extremely mindful when you're live streaming and even go to the point of having someone monitor your social media to not only look out for scammers, but also to maybe interact with fans, you know, like I, it's kind of weird depending on how you run your live stream. Um, if, you as a band are also messaging your fans as you're playing so maybe keep that in mind but definitely having someone monitor the comments and then also looking out for anything that like you just don't want your community to be a part of there's so much going on in the internet and i think that a lot of people can get tailspinned into conversations that maybe you just 
you don't want to have on your live stream, whether like people are talking about so much like heat in the political air and you're just like, hey, I'm here to enjoy music. And while I appreciate you guys are having that conversation, now is not the time or you do want to engage with them. Like make sure you're monitoring that and make sure it doesn't turn into like a hateful place where people are just trying to enjoy a show. I was going to say that too, like you got to have good mods. Um, I'm sure Brad can speak of that. And um, having people you trust that have supported you, maybe people from the beginning, people who are down with the band that aren't necessarily playing at that moment, just watching the chat. As long as somebody, I think even a person or two that you trust is watching, you know, and occasionally posting the correct link and, you know, or dropping people out of there when they're not, you know, when they're a little off, off topic. So um, good mods are, are extremely important and having a conversation with those mods beforehand about what's acceptable, what's not, what's the right answer to this question, what you shouldn't even bother to answer, you know? So uh, I think that's really important. I think mods will like save your life in that situation. Mega, since you and I definitely know what mods are, we're from the Twitch world. I, I fear that maybe a lot of people watching or see this don't know what we're talking about. Hmm. So do you want to like, uh, emphasize a little bit what you mean by mods moderators and chats and like you know that not all platforms have that like twitch does. that's true Do they don't all have it by title oh yeah so they don't all have it by title so yeah a moderator is a person you trust who can speak on and get i think in facebook you can give them like special privileges i believe um so yeah you can give people an editor or some sort of title but again someone you trust who you know isn't gonna do anything crazy but is gonna just watch what's happening in the chat uh, have conversations and their posts will be kind of highlighted as well so that people can see that this person is like the correct person to be talking to about this. Um, so I a think referee. making that, make it, yeah, referee and making that known too. Like even if you're having a set between set and like, hey, you know, shout out to Mike. He's my, you know, he's my mod. If you got any questions for him, he's in the chat. He's hanging yeah. out, you know, like making it clear this person's on your side, not Joe 69 who's posting yeah. links to, <laughs> yeah go buy the stream somewhere else yeah. you know wait so, so a mod is not butt implants that's your mod not body mods <laughs> i guess yeah, that's, that's, your, mod. that's your mod <laughs> maybe that's your mod <laughs> i paid a lot of money for those <laughs> that's i'm glad you guys point that out though because um coming out of this the brand that you build during this time which i think brad also mentioned is huge because you're going to need that and michael you're going to need that to kind of show the clubs and the venues what you've been doing during this time to build. So if you're getting caught up in things that aren't appropriate, things that don't fit the brand that you're trying to build, that could end very badly on the other end of this, you know, trying to trying to come out of this. You know? mm -hmm. That's a huge thing for artists in general is keep your socials squeaky clean. You see how many people in the media get uh, uh, railed for stuff that they said, 20 years ago when they were teenagers and just being goofy. sponsors, losing jobs, all of it. Yep. So well, you guys I, don't want to watch our streams then. <laughs> <laughs> our streams are like, are like a sitcom, but you know, uh, with Twitch, I think one of the cool things about performing it, at least for us, it, you know, everybody has different opinions and own personalities, but if you are more than just a musician and you think you're a self-proclaimed comedian like myself, on Twitch, uh, we get to just be ourselves, and it's not just bam, 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 music, 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 never stop. We get to stop and be intimate and interact with our chat, tell jokes, you know what I mean, react to things. And that is one of the cool benefits that I think 
and I love touring and I love playing live. Believe me. I mean, I've, I've been on the road, like I said, a little bit ago with, with Gabe several, several times and there's no experience like it, but what there is not an experience like live streaming, especially once you get a grasp and a hold of it is you can connect with your fans on a human level that you really can't even do live because Look, when you're live and there's hundreds of kids or, or adults, whatever, you know what I mean, uh, waiting in line to get an autograph, you talk to them for five, 10 seconds, you move on. When you're live streaming, you get to spend hours with these people and you get to see the regular faces, avatars, if you will, whatever, come in and, and go and you get to stop and have a moment with people. Uh, and you really can't do that when you have a 30 minute set on a small stage. You don't really get to stop and be like, oh, hey, nice shirt. How's it going today? You know, you got to <laughs> bam, bam, bam through your set. And mm-hmm. so the nice thing about live streaming is it really is like the most intimate performance that you can have, uh, you know, if that's what you want with, with your fans. And then the live entertainment aspect of being on stage, that's a little different. You're on a pedestal, there's a lights and it's all cool and stuff. And I'm not dissing that. That's also awesome. But um, to kind of like take it back to what we're all talking about is like once live, the live show opens up and Monique just said too, is like, you know, during this time, it's build your brand. And then when live shows, uh, you're we're able to go do them again. I feel like it's going to be a reward to the fans that we build on this brand right now during this moment. So when we are performing live again, it is the other way around. We are back in the venues and we're playing, but it's the reward to the fans that have stuck with us and they're your subscribers and stuff and consuming all of your other content. So we're gaining our fans online and then we're just really, it's just another product that we're putting out is the live show once live shows are really back. You know, we're back on that saddle ready to perform for people. It's just an ecosystem. Think of your brand if you're an artist. It's just one giant ecosystem. Live streaming, music videos, radio play or stream play in a live show. You've got to have them all. you got to have t-shirts. you got to have merch. you got to have it all. You can't really just put all your eggs in one basket. you got to diversify if you're a musician and you want to make a living doing this. You cannot put all your eggs in one basket and just, oh, I'm just touring. That's all I do. Or all I do is, uh, well, actually, I'd say you, you could be a 100% live streamer. I don't know that you can do that with touring nowadays because of things, but yeah. uh, don't be afraid to diversify. Try try lots of things, you know. Well, believe it or not, guys, we're, we're actually uh, almost out of time. We're actually at, already at the hour mark, but I do want to give everyone a chance real quick uh, to have any kind of final comments as well as if you want to, this is your time to plug yourself. So mm-hmm. anything that you want to add. So Monique, I'll start with you. Um, I don't have a whole lot. This was a lot of fun. It was great meeting you guys. I think as an, as an educator who is teaching the students in the audio programs here at Coachdale, this was really important. These are all the things that I talk about um, throughout the month. So it's great to kind of hear supportive statements. You know, it's kind of like your mom told you no, but no, the kid's not going to do it until Uncle Jimmy, who is their favorite uncle, says it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's great to have your support on all of these subjects. So, um, yeah, I just hope everybody kind of takes these things to heart and and put them to play. Alex, what about you? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Thanks for having me. (laughs) Where can people? where where could can people find you? Um, So, uh, where is artist uh, artist relations corner? Where can people find that? That is on YouTube and Facebook on the Orange Amplifiers. accounts and uh yeah it's usually every wednesday but we skip a lot of wednesdays so you know <laughs> just whenever whatever wednesday come on down you know check it out 
<laughs> we, you know, actually, it's, I actually wanted to say something. This is very interesting, man. I had an artist that I don't even endorse on the other day. I found him randomly doing an Instagram live. Um, he is an Indonesian guitar player. He's been doing it for 20 years. And I invited him on to do uh, one of my StreamYard uh, YouTube, Facebook live streams, like simultaneous. And we had four times as many people as we usually have watching that. And we finished it with like 35, 4,000 views or something like that. Um, dude, the, 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 the randomness, the connections that I have built with our fans through, through the Instagram lives and now through the YouTube and Facebook streams, I never, we never could have had this before. I really think that it's like, it, it's, it, it's, I've always loved customer service. Like at the core of what I do is customer service and sales. But this is like a deeper version of that. And um, I would encourage everybody to, to start doing as many live streams as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, Brad, what about you? Me? Yeah, about, about you. Oh, where, sorry, can people, where can people find you, Brad? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Hallocene. That's H-A-L-O-C-E-N-E or YouTube.com slash Hallocene. Uh, I would just like to leave off of saying, especially to the full cell students or any of the students or anybody who's aspiring to make a living in music, they're just getting started. Um, it's going to be a long, hard road, but trust me, if you just put in the work, it is completely possible to do this. It, is, it has taken us 10 years to figure it out on our own. In this day and age, you don't have to spend that 10 years and in, in, in make all the mistakes that other people have, you know, just... Uh, believe in yourself. Um, if you're, if you're, we were talking about DMC real quick, and I'll make this really quick, a quick little plug. Uh, so Twitch has something called Twitch Sings, and if you're a singer, and you're worried about copyright issues, but you want to live stream to people, Twitch Sings is free. It's like rock band, and you could go on and you can sing karaoke tracks, and it's an app. It doesn't cost anything, and you can start building a fan base if you're a singer. We have have set it up to well, where you can even play, a, a, you know, our whole group here. It's a little more sophisticated, but I'll just leave it at the singers for now. So check that out. Uh, you can go online and it's all cleared. It's all licensed uh, and it's all legal. Um, and you can start streaming on Twitch. Check out Twitch Sings. Check out Mega Ran. He's the man. And of course, check out Hallocene. We are also on Twitch again. H-A-L-O-C-E-N-E. -E. And uh, shout out to Full Sail. You guys are also awesome. <laughs> uh, Kat, what about you? Where can people can find you? Um, we are at veeps.com and then also klgroup.agency. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram. It's just cat underscore corny. Um, if anyone has any questions about live streaming and stuff, I'm happy to help out there or also on LinkedIn. Um, and I guess final words would just be to take your own future into your own hands and, you know, use a lot of the things that we talked about. There's so much great advice and so many different resources on the internet that you can really do anything. And um, I, I really think that we're in a cool transformative time to be able to take your career into your own hands and make something of it. Good words, good words. What about you, Raheem? All right, well, I was gonna start with a quarantine joke, but it might take you two weeks to find out if you get it. Oh. Um, <laughs> Yes, Raheem wins the dad joke. Wow. Dad joke. <laughs> Been holding that all afternoon. All right. So um, <laughs> um, you can find me at Mega Ran anywhere um, on Twitter, wherever. But it looks like Meg Ryan when it's really close together. So it's it's not. It's just Mega Ran. Um, I'm streaming all the time. I'm on Twitter. I'm 
hanging out. I'm doing all kinds of cool stuff. We do a concert every Wednesday. So there's one coming up tomorrow with my friend Alfred Banks and Kadesh Flow on Twitch. And um, also just last thing, I wanna um, just, I think Kat said it earlier about like collaborations and like shooting your shot. This is the time to shoot your shot, folks. I feel like I, I got stuff that it, that's in the stash that I can't even talk about, the amazing collaborations that I've made with people that are all at home. Like everybody's home right now. So this is the time to get a song together that you've always wanted to get an artist on. I don't know, shoot for the stars, you know, because again, everybody's at home. And this is the time to reach them with a great idea and, and do some amazing things. So uh, that's really what I wanted to leave you with is, um, you know, just just keep on aiming high and, uh, and don't stop. Also, wonderful, wonderful words and great Thanks. dad joke. Uh, Gabe. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mega, when you added me back, I was really disappointed that it wasn't Meg Ryan. I was like, yes. <laughs> no. Sorry. Sorry. Just, just <laughs> Rogue. Uh, <laughs> for myself, um, uh, we are uh, taking donations. We're fundraising for edumusication.org right now to help uh, provide more edumusication sessions for high school students all this fall, since a lot of students will be uh, either distance learning completely from home or hybrid learning they're gonna need some extra um, help and assistance and just inspiration to kind of just kind of make it through. And so we wanna, we're doing that all the time and we wanna do that more. So anything you can donate to edumusication.org would be totally appreciated. Um, myself, I've got a bunch of new music coming out and animated like an anime slash Batman style cartoon music video coming out for Let's Ride, which will be coming out soon next month so that'll be really cool i brought the remix oh i have uh, a remix by a, a really amazing french dj max m that's dropping this friday i'll be posting the the pre-save for that so you'll get to hear me and my voice in a completely different style you may like it more actually <laughs> and um and one thing i want to leave off with is just uh more than just live streaming more than just one facet of the music industry is relationships and relationship building and that's a tool that you can cultivate anytime anywhere work on yourself as a person work on yourself as a musician uh you know using new equipment and stuff but relationships is where it's at looking at this whole zoom panel here with the exception of monique who i just met today um i've known all of these chaps and lasses for the past, you know, for many years. And, you know, and it started off small or just hanging out or just talking or, or whatever. And it's built up over the years and I can call and ask them, hey, do you wanna come guest appear on our, on our uh, round table session, you know? And mm -hmm. so it's all about relationship building in this business and just being a good person and uh, showing up and doing good work. And so I'll just say, Leave it at that, and uh, thank you, everyone, for attending. Well, you stole what I was going to say, Gabe. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but no, it's true. I mean, we've all, we've all done things together over the years and so forth, which is why we're able to put this together. Um, but real quick, I'm going to plug myself because I'm normally really bad about that. But, uh, you know, I am the founder and president of 8020 Records, which we give 80% of our royalties back to artists. In fact, uh, Gabe and Megaran are artists on 8020 Records. So to find us, 
you can pretty much on any social media, 8020records or just www.8020records.com. So super easy to find us. And uh, I'll just leave on that note, which is, yeah, it just to sum up what everyone's doing is that you can, there's plenty of opportunities now to do so many amazing things. You can still network, you can still create content, you can, can still connect with an audience. It's just, it's limitless. You just have to really think about what you want to do and what message you want to say and what you enjoy doing, what you feel is going to be, you know, fulfilling to you. So yeah, hopefully that's what everyone gets out of this. So thank you all for being a part of this wonderful panel. Uh, we'll um, be up on all the different platforms that you've been seeing it on now. So if you want to go back and restream it and then please, please, I will reemphasize, please donate to Edumusication if you like these panels and want to see more of them. Uh, they are an incredible nonprofit organization and we can use more music education in schools. So, and they're bringing the practical music business side into, into schools and to emphasize, you know, programs such as Full Sail and to be connecting with artists like Mega Ran and Brad from Hallocene and to work out deals with Orange Amplifiers or to work with people like Kat for Veeps or the KL group, whatever the case is. So please keep on creating, keep on connecting. Mm. Cool. I'm going to end with that though. So well put. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Bye everyone. Real quick, before I let you all go, I want to take the opportunity to really appreciate the fact of all of you listening to the podcast. I've been honestly looking for ways on how to improve the show moving forward. So if you have any ideas or suggestions on what else we can do that you would like to hear or any other ways that we can engage with you, I would love to hear about it. So whenever you have a chance, you can email me. My personal email address is Mike, that's M-I-K-E, at 8020records.com. Or you can engage with us on any of our social media, just at 8020records, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever the case is. Just shoot us a DM. Let us know what you guys are thinking about the, uh, the whole show in general. And uh, really do appreciate it. So thank you again so much for all of you listening. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for listening to the 8020 show. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow. If you enjoyed the episode or this podcast overall, please leave us a review or comment on our socials, which you can find us at 8020records on pretty much all platforms. You can also check us out on our website, at www.8020records.com. And as always, be happy, be healthy, and be productive.